Hello and welcome to another daily devotion on No Other Name, where we talk about elevating Jesus as the name that is above any and every other name. Well, today we want to talk about the moment Jesus has with one of his disciples. After Jesus' resurrection, Thomas hadn't yet seen Jesus. He'd only heard about others' accounts of him. And Thomas had stubbornly refused to believe that Jesus was even resurrected. Despite all these eyewitness accounts of Jesus' closest friends and followers, you can read that in John 20. Well, that resulted in sort of a very outrageous and almost over-the-top demand. He demanded that he, he should put his fingers into Jesus' wounds before accepting that he was really alive. You can read that in John 20, verses 24 to 25. And when Jesus appeared again, he confronted Thomas with a challenge, actually. And as part of that, Jesus noticed that Thomas was not merely failing to accept the truth, but he was actively walking in unbelief. Jesus said, stop doubting and believe. Now, being skeptical about certain things or doubtful uh, to a point, I guess, is a good thing for as long as doubt leads us to finding truth. I know some of us uh, are more pessimistic and some of us more optimistic. I find myself quite an optimist, and so, so when I speak to some of my friends who are quite uh, pessimistic, I find them to be often a bit more realistic, um, as we optimists like myself, like myself, um, we struggle to be realistic sometimes. So, but skepticism or doubt can be a good thing if it if it's forcing you to find the truth. What's not good though is pretending to want evidence for something while demanding more evidence than is actually necessary for something or even possible. I remember when I was an engineer at one, on one of my projects, um, I didn't know that I was losing some money in some places and, and even the costing showed me that I was losing money, but I just refused to believe it. Even when I had the evidence, I refused to believe it. I, uh, I looked at my costing every week and, and often as an engineer, I looked at my costing every single day and I just refused to believe that I'm losing money because I was that optimistic. I was that skeptical about this truth. I needed hard evidence. And until the following month's cost report came out, 60 days later, I realized, well, yeah, I was really losing money. Even so, even when I was presented with all of the evidence, it still did not satisfy me. That's a kind of skepticism we have to be wary of. When Thomas made this ultimatum, he probably assumed that there could never be any scenario where what he was asking for would even be possible. And that's a modern kind of skepticism, isn't it? Which often sets massive demands of God to prove himself. While people who ask for this, and sometimes us who ask for it, ignore proper available evidence and having no intent on believing it anyway. I find that in my own life, I struggle to believe some of the things God has promised, yet all the evidence suggests that he's always been faithful and good. He's always provided. Yet when I'm met with an impossible situation, I almost want to give impossible uh, demands to God to prove himself, even though I've got satisfactory evidence. Have you lost touch with the satisfactory evidence of your testimony? of the fact that Jesus is Lord. You see, 
Thomas may have touched Jesus' wounds before he believed. We, we don't know, actually. But the Bible does not explicitly say anything about that. But what seems more likely is that he responded to Jesus appearing to him and Jesus almost disciplining him with a declaration of faith. Jesus does not refer to Thomas touching the wounds. He just said, here, here are the wounds. And then it says, after Thomas had seen Jesus, he then believed him. So then Jesus referred to him only as seeing, not as touching and seeing. He says, well, blessed are you who have seen and believed. How much more blessed are those who have not seen um, and will believe. So incredible meaning is attached to what Thomas says right here. His response is the following. He says, my Lord and my God. Not only does he say Jesus is his master, but he overtly now refers to Jesus as my God. If Thomas is saying something wrong in that moment also, there would have been an opportunity for Jesus to correct him, but it's one of the first times in the New Testament we hear that very personal, my Lord and my God. Not just Jesus is Lord, but Jesus is my Lord. Jesus does not dispute this title Thomas gives him because he is God. His next remarks sort of gently reprimands Thomas for insisting on this excessive, crazy proof that he's looking for. And he will point out that many people will not have the opportunity which the disciples was given. I wanted to end with a quick story about a person I, w- I met with a few months ago here in our church building. A person who came from uh, one of the... Um, one of the businesses in the street, they wanted to talk to a pastor. So we had a conversation about God and we had a conversation about his life and where he's at and things happening in his family. And I said to him, uh, his name is Chris, actually. And I said to him, Chris, do you, do you know God? And his response to me was quite astounding. It made me think. He said, Vincent, I respect God. And then I said, okay, that's where he's at. There is God over there, and I respect him over there, but has not yet gone from I respect God over there to he is my Lord and my God. In some instances, we just respect God for what he does, and we don't think he can do it for my situation, that he is also my Lord and my God. We respect that he might have done something for somebody else, and we accept that. We respect that um, even that he's done for, things for us in the past or that he's got a future and a hope for us. But we have to bring that all the way home without seeing, <laughs> just believing. And I wanted to encourage you to do that, is to remain deeply in touch with the my Lord and my God, not just respecting God over there and putting demands on him. Uh, after you have a lot of evidence to suggest that he will remain faithful. He has given you promises for which he will come through. He is eager to work on your behalf because he is Lord and he is God and he is your Lord and he is your God.